Hello folks and welcome to this week's episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast. Now, thanks very much for all the feedback uh, for the first episode and I apologise for the delay on getting it on some platforms. I wasn't aware that there was approval processes and um, you know just general teething problems but hopefully this episode should be up on all platforms straight away. So on this week's episode we are sticking with the theme of the Glenthorne women's team and the reason we're doing that is because their season is coming to a climax. Uh, they have a league title decider this week on Wednesday uh, and that's taking place at the Oval and they also have an Irish Cup final coming up next month against Crusaders Strikers and this week's guest is 18 year old centre forward Kerry Beattie. Now Kerry is Glenthorne's top goal scorer this season and uh, she's only 18 years of age and I was a bit nervous coming into this one because Kerry is only 18 and I know what I was like when I was 18. So I wasn't sure if maybe she would be a bit nervous, or if she'd be quite reserved and wouldn't be used to doing the media side things. But I couldn't have been more wrong. Kerry was like a seasoned pro. She was a super guest. She really was. Um, we touch on everything as normal from the start of her career, her international career. She was on international duty when we did this interview, and that was before the two 4-0 victories over Luxembourg and then Latvia. Um, so we talk about her being on international duty, then we move on to this season and her, her Glenthorne career to date and hopes for the future. Um, yeah, she was she was great. She also touched on something that you really want to give a listen to. It is something that I put in the clip, if you've seen it, on social media channels. And that is touching on the two 9-0 victories over Linfield. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that Kerry is a wise head on young shoulders. She was... Um, very conscientious, should we say, and fair player here for that. So, here we go. Without further ado, the second episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast with Kerry Beatty. So welcome to the second episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast and I am here today with Glenthorne striker and Northern Ireland international Kerry Beattie. So thanks very much for coming along Kerry. Thanks for having me. So Kerry usually I would start things in chronological order and start with the beginning of your career and then move on from there but you're on international duty at the minute minute, so it seems like it's only right that we start there. So uh, would you say that being away with the, the national team is, is slightly different than being around your club side? Um, for me, it uh, definitely is a lot more, in terms of the football, it's a lot more intense. Uh, the sessions are a lot quicker, a lot sharper, but ultimately it's because, you know, the best players in the country all come together, you know, as one team. So training, matches, it's going to be a lot more intense. Um. But in terms of being around teammates, a lot of the Glens players actually play for the national team. So uh, on a on a friendship basis, you know, a lot of us are, you know, we're really, really good friends. So when we come into camp, we know each other really well. And I suppose it's a, maybe a bit surreal at first, you know, because I'm assuming you're all staying together in like a team hotel, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we're in a team hotel now, yep. So you're 
staying in the same hotel, you're training like maybe once or twice a day, eating meals together. I mean, that has to be good for team spirit. That's maybe giving you a bit of an insight into what full-time football would be like. Yeah, it's definitely given me a, a brilliant insight into to what it would be like to be a professional. Um, it's not, it's not definitely not easy. Um, you know, you're you go and do your training, which is quite intense, and then you come back to the hotel and you know you get your dinner and you relax. And but it's it's a really really good atmosphere, and you know ultimately it helps the team being together every day. You know, all day, um, helps us on the pitch as well, especially you know with communication. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And the thing is about internationals that I've always been critical of is the way that maybe uh, in the governing body schedule the fixtures. So, for example, I think it's really unfair that they would throw together twenty five players a few times a year and expect them to maybe train for a few times and then play two or three games and let that be a fair reflection on that international team because. You know, from the domestic season, when a team signs new players and puts them together, it can sometimes take time for that team to gel, to give themselves mm-hmm. a fair reflection. And I've always thought that maybe they should play qualifiers at all um, levels of football in a sort of block, you know, like a qual, like a mini knockout, like a mini tournament, not a knockout tournament, but a mini tournament as such. Um, yeah. what, what do you, how do you feel about the sort of way that they do international breaks? Does it sort of disrupt your domestic season or is it a welcome distraction? Well, no, it's definitely, you know, it's welcome. For us in Northern Ireland, we're actually very, very lucky. Uh, We have quite a small country and a lot of the players on the national team are domestic. There's six or seven that are across the water, but for the most part, a lot of us play in the domestic league. So we actually train together um, like two, three times a week before the domestic season. And then when the games kick in, we would um, maybe meet each other once a week. Um, at the minute, it's been very busy because we've had two games per week, so it's been hard to fit it in. But usually, if we have one game a week, we'd train with Northern Ireland once a week. So we're very lucky that we have a smaller country, really, where we can all come together uh, quite easily. You know, the furthest away is like maybe a two-hour trip, and there's only one person, really, that has to make that trip. Brilliant. And see, so me as a mere mortal who's never going to play football at any sort of competitive level, um, <laughs> it's always fascinating to me, how do, do you receive an international call-up? Like, is it literally a phone call? You've been picked for the national team or what way does that work? It's actually, it's an email. Um, so obviously, you know, if you come into training, you know, you give all your details. So and we find out we get an email about a week before so you don't really know you're getting picked until a week before um so it's a bit tense in the lead up because you know you're training but you don't actually know if you're picked or not um but yeah it's actually an email right okay because I was I was wondering and I was thinking well what if the what if they would get the wrong number or call call another girl <laughs> carry beady up <laughs> no and, and, no none of that and so you you literally didn't have a clue that you were going to call off your first your first cap your first cap of Scotland is that right yeah, yeah, it was Scotland, so it was. So you didn't have any England that you were getting called up before that? Was it a bit of a surprise? Yeah, I mean, I've been in a few squads before that, but, um, you know, every time you sort of get an email, it, it is always, it's nice, you know, because you never take your place for granted. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it's always nice when that email comes through. So, yeah. And then when you, when you meet up with a squad, and you're sending six or seven players that are playing across the water, um, so... When you're playing with those full-time players, would you say that it gives you a hunger hearing maybe their stories or seeing how they live their lives every day to push on and follow in their footsteps? 
Yeah, um, especially I would say, you know, with Rachel Furness, for example, like who's playing for Liverpool, you know, to see her professionalism, like in and around the hotel and how she applies herself on the pitch, you know, it's something for me to look to and she's someone that I would look up to and think, you know, how, how do I get to that level? Um, and being around players who play professionally, you know, that's going to give you a taste of what it's like. So having them around really, really helps. Do you support an English club? I support Man United. Oh, Dave, well, we're not all perfect. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Terrible um, choice. Yeah, well, sure. Um, so um, now you're you're working with Kenny Shields, obviously, in the international setup. Um, he is a very experienced manager in his own right. Um, and I imagine working with him is maybe slightly different than working with Billy, Billy Clark. Um, so... Do you, what are the benefits of sort of working with two different managers? Because, I mean, in sort of the normal workplace, you have your one manager and that's sort of, you know, the person who, you know, it's not really comparable to that sort of setting. You've got two people who might have two different philosophies, two different ways of coaching. What's that like? Uh, yeah, definitely. I would say, you know, the philosophies at Glens compared to Northern Ireland is, is very different. You know, Northern Ireland, it's a lot more, tactical in terms of the shape that we play you know we don't really have fullbacks it's like it's like wing backs so it taught me a lot more like I was sort of used to your general 4-3-3 glens like that's what we play um but when you come into NI you're playing like all sorts of formations and it actually teaches you a lot about the game um things that I didn't know before so it gives you more of an insight, you know, in the different ways of playing and definitely opens your mind a lot more. And would you work on a lot of shaping things in Northern Ireland setups more so than the domestic because you sort of know your shape and you know what works for yeah. you well in domestic? Yeah, I mean, if it works for you domestically, you know, you usually stick with it. Whereas internationally, it sort of can vary depending on the team that you're playing. You know, you could be playing a top, top team, you know, top 10 in the world. So you have to sort of adjust your shape and you know you might be playing a team that's ranked in the same level or below and you have to adjust your shape to that whereas domestically usually you know if it works then it works and you just sort of keep it the same and is there much difference in in game management in between the domestic and international setup so for example northern ireland when you're when you're playing for the glens user usually favorites to win most matches when you're playing for a nation like Northern Ireland, you're probably going to be underdogs a lot of the time. So if you do manage to go one 0 up or you do manage to, you know, sort of get a, an early goal, you, would you need to manage that game a lot differently than you do in your in your domestic fixtures? Definitely, you know, if you score a goal with Northern Ireland, again, depending on who you're playing, you know, you could go for another one, or it honestly depends on the time that you scored at, you know, if you score before half time or even just anything like that, you'd be thinking, well, let's push for another one. But if you score in the 75th, 80th minute, you're thinking, right, let's just sort of sit in here a wee bit and manage the game. Whereas with Glens, it's we're such an attacking-minded team. It's like, let's just go again and go again and go again. Um, that, I suppose there is a difference there, yeah. And is your role for Northern Ireland expected to be a lot different then for the Glens? Because obviously, if you are defending a league, you're maybe expected to muck in a bit more, helping around a bit of failure, tracking back. Whereas, I suppose for the Glens, you don't really need to do that as much. Yeah, well, there's definitely a lot more running, I would say, at NI because 
we would chase the ball a lot. You know, sometimes again, I keep on saying it, but it really does depend on who you're playing. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you're playing a top nation, you're going to run a lot more, um, because you might not have the ball as much. But I would say, on a personal basis, like my role for Northern Ireland and Glens is quite similar. I'm someone who likes to, you know, get the ball and hold it up, and um, I would do that for Northern Ireland and do that for Glens as well. And I know it is a football cliche to, to say just take one game at a time, but surely you're like you must have one eye at least on next year's European Championships because to go there as an, a 19 year old would you know be the experience of a lifetime um, and the opportunity to really announce yourself on the world stage. But above all else, you know, just just the experience of playing in these stadiums. Um, in front of all these fans and uh, pitting yourself against the world's best, like you must be looking at that. Yeah, definitely. It's it's always you know on my mind. I've took a gap year from uni um, to to really focus on my training and look the next year. So I've sort of put you know not my life on hold, but you know education on hold um, to to really focus on next year. But I know you said it, but. We're only looking to the next game, but for me, you know, definitely it's all in the front of our minds. You know, it's you definitely think about it every single day. It's wow, like we're going to the Euros next year. You know, it's hard to believe and it's still sort of it's very still it's still new like and, you know, we're all still buzzing from it. Yeah, because I mean, I was going to ask you about the university thing and then Gareth Fullerton at Belfast Live and then the BBC got in before me because I did do my <laughs> research and I knew that you were... Um, going to university was an option so you put that on a, for on hold for at least a year um, I mean was that a really difficult decision did it take you long to make that decision it did to be honest I had to think a lot about it for anybody else maybe it would have been you know a no-brainer but for me like education 100% has always came first um, and I've you know I love learning like I'm missing school um not being there the routine of it so for me it was a big deal not to go to uni because obviously when you're growing up it's you know oh, I'm working towards getting to uni so to take a year out it was a big deal but you know you can always your education's always there this is an opportunity that I might never get again so to take a year out you know when you weigh it up it really wasn't a big deal yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, um, so I went to uni when I was 18 and I think maybe sometimes going to uni when you're 18 is even can be a bit young um, to go. So I think that you'll definitely be more prepared for when you eventually do go. And especially if you get that experience of playing um, at the Euros next year, it would be, it'd be unbelievable. And it would be an opportunity that you just couldn't turn down like you beat yourself up about it. So I think you've made the right decision. But it's good to hear that you're sort of, you've got your head screwed on and you're, you're thinking of all aspects, not just your playing career, but your education and things too. So fair play. Yeah, um, definitely. So moving on now to the Glens. Um, so you joined Glentorn Women from Lisburn Rangers, is that right? Lisburn Ladies. Lisburn Ladies, right? Okay. And how did how did that move come about? And um, what what age did you make that move at? Um. So I was about fifteen. Um. And the move sort of came about because, so at the time, maybe it was 14, 14, 15, um, basically Gail Macklin was taking the Bob Doherty, which is like uh, the under 15 schoolgirls. And I didn't get picked the first year. Um, 
and I was playing for Lisburn Ladies at the time and I was sort of in a wee plateau where I wasn't really getting any better but I wasn't getting any worse and I needed to make a change I needed to push myself and sort of take myself out of my comfort zone so my dad was just like right we're going to the Glens let's go because I knew Gail was there and I felt you know Gail's a brilliant coach and and I needed her to see me as well so that I could try and push a little bit more to get into the team so to be honest Gail's coaching is what sort of brought me to the Glens to be fair. Brilliant and I mean it obviously worked because your rise to the top in the domestic game has been fairly rapid. Uh, you were involved in the squad for the 20, 2019 Irish Cup. Uh, and then obviously last season it was cancelled. And um, last season was a shortened season, I think. Did you get five goals last season? But, yeah, five goals. But it was in ten. It was only in 10 appearances, wasn't it? So it was, you know, a goal at every other game. Um, so you have 18 so far this season. Uh, and what's your first season that you've really cemented a starting place? Like, what? what would you attribute to such a rapid rise like over the space? I mean, you were saying you were playing for Lesburn Ladies only, what, like three years ago? And now, all of a sudden, you're in the North Island squad, you're Glenn's top goal scorer. Like, how did, how did that happen? I think uh, just persistence, a lot of patience. Um, I wouldn't say that I was always the most gifted player. I had talent, but... You know, like anybody, if you don't work hard, it's it's not going to be any good to you. So I had to work very, very hard um, to sort of raise my game. Um, I would say going to the Glens played a massive part in the player that I am now. Like, if I hadn't moved to the... I think it was a very, very crucial time. And the timing of it was was really, really good. I think if I hadn't went to the Glens, I, I wouldn't be here. So the Glens helped me a lot. And then I would say Northern Ireland. Obviously, I went through the under-17s, the under-19s. That built resilience as well because, you know, you get picked for some squads and then you'd be out of some squads. And, you know, you have to, I think you have to have, you know, moments where you have disappointment because it builds a, a resilience. And if you really want it, you know, you work hard enough for it. And then, you know, the next squad comes around and you get picked for it. And then, you know, you feel better for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. And you're, you sort of feel like you're getting rewarded then for your, your yeah. hard work and perseverance. And you're saying that you're sort of, you didn't, weren't always the most talented player, but your goal scoring exploits, considering you're only 18, are really impressive. Like, have you always had that eye for goal throughout your career? Would you say that you were always the top goal scorer at, at underage levels, or is that a recent thing? Um, well, for Lisburn Ladies, I was top goal scorer, uh, I was striker. And then when I moved to the Glens, I was top goal scorer for the under-17s and the 19s. But then I started actually playing centre mid with NI. So for a while, I was a centre mid. And I thought maybe that was the position for me. And then it just wasn't working. So I sort of got through out onto the wing and that wasn't working. And in my head, I was like, you know, I really, really want to be playing centre forward. But there's a lot of good players in front of me who are playing centre forward, like, how could I ever fill their boots? But I was like, I know I can do really well when I play striker, so I just need to go for it. So I sort of moved back up front and, you know, started scoring goals. And so you were saying about um, the move to the Glens coming at a really crucial time. So what would be your advice to sort of any younger people that are listening? And they say that they're maybe 14, 15, and they're maybe comfortable 
at their club, but they know they could do better. Do you think it is crucial to take that step up and to test yourself at a higher level or somewhere to open up a few more doors? 100%. Like, if you stay in your comfort zone, you're never going to get any better. You'll probably not get any worse, but you're never going to go anywhere. Like, um, you know, you can only get so far sometimes in a certain place. And then once you sort of hit that plateau then, and I, I knew, like, I'd hit a plateau, like, I was just sort of cruising along and I was so comfortable with the people that I was with. I knew I had to take the next step to go to the next level. So definitely you'll know when it's the right time and when it's the right time, you have to jump at the opportunity and, and push yourself. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, at least you can look back and say you gave it a hundred percent and you tried. No, definitely agree. And I think that, um, some people do get comfortable, especially there's there's probably players that have played even at, you know amateur league level in the men's game and they've just never went and tested themselves and they could have made a bit of a career. People get comfortable playing with their friends, um, yeah. and the, they don't make that step up. So I think fair play for making the for making the move and it's definitely paid off for you. And speaking of moves, there's been so much movement to the Glens in the last couple of years. Um, I mean the the quality they've been signing has been incredible. You know they're really signing big name players. Um, and then you probably seen that they were signing Lauren Wade. And what were your thoughts when that was happening? Obviously, um, Lauren Wade's quality, like she's she's a brilliant player. And, you know, in my eyes, I was thinking, well, I mean, I'm going to have to really, really work hard now because I know Lauren Wade could easily play up top. Um, so I was like, I don't want to, you know, lose my jersey. I, I want to play with Lauren Wade and, you know, the, the quality that she adds to the attack on the wing is, is unbelievable. Her pace and, you know, her ability to take on players. And to be honest, a lot of the goals I scored this this season has come from Lauren just belting it down the wing and, and, and whipping a good ball in. So she has brought a lot to the club and definitely been, you know, had a, had a big contribution. And do you think that sort of quality has pushed you on do you think it, you've you've learned things from these players that they're bringing in and it's it's basically forced your hand to take your game up another level yeah obviously you know when a quality player comes they want to be with a quality team so you have to sort of up your game and you know Lauren came back from playing with Glasgow City who are a brilliant team you know they play in Europe every year so um, she was obviously playing, you know, fast, fast football. So when she came, you know, even in training, you know, she was so sharp and, you know, zipping the ball about. So you sort of have to raise your game yourself, you know, keep up with the play. So it definitely pushed me on a lot. And of any of the players who have um, made the move from full-time football back to the Glens, have they made any sort of comment on the quality of the, the game over here and the difference? Um, well, Lauren, I mean... <laughs> I've actually never asked that question, but um, I'm sure they would tell you that, you know, when you go across the water, it is a lot different. Obviously, you're in a professional environment with Glens. You know, we only train twice a week. So, you know, I think if we trained like professionals, Glens could do very, very well in Europe. You know, obviously, we had two really, really good results when we went away and it was against, you know, teams that play professional football. They train every single day. So, you know, I do believe that if Glenn's trained every day like professionals, we could be as good as any of those teams. But we just don't have the opportunity to do that over here because don't have the money and the resources.
Uh, and do you, do you ever get to use the training facilities? Like, you know, the way the Glens have the, the gym, for example? Do you use ever in there? Yeah, yeah, we would be in there, especially uh, pre-season. We would have been in there a lot. Now it's, it's hard, like, because honestly, the league this year has been so, so intense. We've been having games on, a, you know, like a Wednesday, and then you only have, you know, Thursday to recover and you're back to, you know, playing a game on a Friday. So it's been tough to fit in the gym, but um, we have access to all the facilities at the Oval. That's great. And I mean, I was talking to Kelly Bailey a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was, must have been about three weeks ago now. It was just the week before because the way these podcasts work is the timing of them can be a bit off. So I'm talking to you now and all the listeners are going to know the results of the two North Ireland matches by the time this goes out. Whereas we're recording the day before the first one. Um, so I recorded literally about four days before we went to Europe. So we didn't know the, res- the result. But yeah. I I do, um, we all do now. And I... I have to say, you were extremely unlucky. I, were, I watched the first game in, in full, and I thought after the goal went in early doors, I went, oh, God, like, what? Well, this is this is really unfortunate. But I tell you what, like, you were really, really unlucky in that game. Um, It was a super result, and the second one especially, to get the win. When you look at the coefficient rankings um, of that team, they were far beyond what is, should be expected of a, Northern Ireland, a team from Northern Ireland. So what was that experience like in Europe? It was amazing. You know, we knew that we were going to be playing two really, really tough quality sides. And um, to get the result, you know, when the first goal went in, it was like the first three minutes or something like that. I was thinking, oh, God, like, here we go. You know, and I thought, you know, just just try and keep the scores. It sounds horrible, but try and keep the, the scores as low as you can get it because they literally zipped the ball around us and I didn't even see it go in the back of the net. It was that quick. But we actually then, it was sort of like a, you know, a wake up and it, it sort of switched something on in all of our brains. We were like, right, okay, you know, let's actually just go for this. And, you know, we had a really, really good chance just before halftime. And if that had went in, you know, it's 1-1 and I think we could have went for a second, to be honest. Um, but we did really, really well. And it wasn't like we were just defending, defending. We were actually attacking really, really well. Yeah, you're moving the ball around really well. You just kept on getting the ball down the wings, uh, cutting inside, and I thought well, something's going to come off here. And it was just one of those days where it's just maybe, maybe if the game had gone on maybe a wee bit longer, or there was that wee extra bit of fitness there opposed to the other team, then you just might have touched lucky. But you did get the the one nil victory, obviously, in the second game, um, which is extremely impressive. I mean, that must have given you such a confidence boost coming back. Definitely. It was nice to get a result. Obviously, you know, you go away and you want to come back with with two wins, but to get a win and, you know, a good result against another quality team was, it was nice to bring something home, Um, especially because we worked so, so hard all week and, you know, worked hard all season and all the, you know, the hard work that went in the last season, it was, it was worth it. And, you know, we felt like, even though we didn't qualify for the next round, you know, like we brought something back. I mean, it must be strange because you aren't used to going 1-0 down. So it must have been a bit bizarre going 1-0 down over in a, in a foreign country um, against this full-time outfit. Yeah, it was a wee bit bizarre, but, you know, it's only going to, you know, prepare us for anything that happened in the league. You know, domestically, you've seen the, the teams at the bottom are, are beating the teams at the top and, 
you know, anything can happen this year. You can't, you know, be too complacent or, you know, think that, you know, you're going to score. It doesn't matter if a goal goes in. You have to be constantly alert. And that's, it's great because the domestic league has actually been really, really entertaining this year and very, very competitive. It's been great. And the coverage of it's been great. The fact that you can access so much coverage, and I did say that the, the Kelly a few weeks ago, it's just really good that you can follow it now. You can follow the women's game, which just simply wouldn't have happened um, years ago. And what I love about this Kent home women's team is, and I was actually talking to um, a player at another uh, women's team not that long ago about this, you're absolutely relentless. You never take your foot off the gas. And the, this girl said to me that her team can get dragged down to the level of a team they're playing. So say they're playing a team a division or two below them in a cup game, they can find themselves being dragged into that scrappy game and it will finish 2-1 or 2-0 or 1-0. Whereas you just keep going. You just never give up. Um, I mean, the hammer them feel 9-0 twice in a season. I mean, how did, how did that feel? Obviously, I mean, it's nice to to beat Linfield by so much. But, uh, you know, I just want to say, like, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, Linfield, you know, this shouldn't be happening to a top Linfield team. But, you know, if anybody knew anything about the women's game, they'd know that they have a very, very young team and they're going through a transitioning phase. And when you look at the players that they've lost, like Ashley Hutton, who done her ACL, big, big player for them. Obviously, you know, Kelsey Burroughs moved on to Cliftonville. Um, you know, and a few seasons ago they lost players like Megan Bell. You know, people need to know uh, the facts before they say anything online. Um, and I just wanted to get that in there because you know there's been a few comments after the games which which haven't been very nice. Um, but Linfield are going through a big transition in phase. But obviously, as a Glens player, it's nice to beat them. But um, they're actually going through quite a big transition. No, fair play for saying that. I did see one of them field players coming out um, in the wake of a defeat and saying as much, and I think it is important to highlight it. So, um, well done, a fair play for saying that. Um, I mean, you did score four goals in the in one of the games. So yes. I want to talk to you about that because four goals in a game um, is impressive, but four goals in the Derby game is impressive. But what's even more impressive again is there was so much pressure because you're coming up to this here, it was the penultimate game of the domestic season, and you just swept that pressure away. Like, did you feel any pressure going into it? And how did it feel to get the four? We knew, honestly, I didn't, I thought it was going to be a really, really tough game because, and it was a tough game, but I felt like we were in control for the majority of the game. I didn't think Linfield got many chances. Obviously, to score four, you know, if I score any goal, I don't care whether it comes off my shin or my chin, I don't care. As long as I score a goal, you know, it doesn't matter where it comes from. But to be honest, I was very, very nervous going into the game. I usually do get nervous, but um, we knew that this was an important game because, you know, we play Cliftonville in a few weeks. And right now, you know, we're both tied at the top on goal difference. So we had to win. You know, we had no choice. Um, and obviously to, to get the win was was brilliant but we were all a wee bit nervous um in the changing room and uh but just you know pressure pressure is a it's a gift sometimes and it can push you on definitely and hey talking about pressure what about now because you've got some massive games coming up and um, most notably is probably what is basically in fact it is the league title decider here um against cliftonville which will 
only be a matter of days um, after this podcast published. So if anyone is listening to the podcast, you can get down and support the girls because I'm sure that I'll be really appreciative of the support. Um, so how are you feeling about it? Um, well, <laughs> I'm trying not to think about it because to be honest, if I thought about the game, I would just it would just go round and round in my head. Obviously, I'm well aware that it's a big game and it's probably going to decide who wins the league. Well, it, it will. Um, I know it's going to be an exciting game um, and it's going to be very, very close. Um, it's funny because, you know, a lot of the girls, you know, we have six, five, however many Glens players here and there's actually a few Cliftonville players. So, you know, we're actually really good friends. But um, when we step onto the pitch with our with our teams, that's all set aside and we're all really looking forward to it. You know, it's, it's the game that, you know, everybody's going to be there and, uh, it's going to be very, very exciting. It's quite a big gap between your last game against Linfield and then the next game uh, in the league against Cliftonville. Do you think that's a hindrance to let it play in your mind or do you think it gives you the absolute maximum preparation period? Definitely maximum preparation because, you know, we're coming in here and we're training, you know, like professionals every day. So, and I would say it would benefit, and I don't want to speak too soon, but it would probably benefit us a lot more than it would benefit uh, Cliftonville because we would have a lot more players here that would start for Glen Thorne. Uh, so when we all go back to Glens, you know, we're going to be, you know, conditioned and, and ready to play at a high intensity. Um, and, you know, there's two or three, actually there's four, I think, Cliftonville players here. So it's actually not a big difference, but we're, we're all going to be, you know, ready to go and, and ready to go. And after that, when all said and done, there will be a love affair to continue with the Irish Cup. Glen Torn's love affair with the Irish Cup, because this club has a proper affiliation, um, with both the men's and women's teams. And this will be the first Irish Cup that you're involved in from the start, possibly. All you know, God well, I'm not going to scud you or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, after the cancel, you know, because the cancellation of last year's. Um, when you look at the crowds that have been there at the previous two, 18 and 19, especially the 2018 one was a mental finish to the game. Um, you're bound to be excited for this. Definitely, I'm excited. I think it's, you know, my biggest opportunity yet to be properly involved in it. I came off the bench in 2019, um, which was an amazing experience, obviously, to play in Windsor uh, and to win it uh, in the way that we did. But... I think there's going to be a lot more of a crowd there this time, even bigger than 2018 and 2019. 2018 was great because I think it promoted the game really, really well um, in the style that we wanted, you know, two last-minute headers. Like, it was unbelievable. Uh, I actually was too young to be in to play senior football then, so I was in the stadium, and I just never... It was amazing, like, the atmosphere. Yeah, and I think BBC covered it at the time as well. I think you were able mm-hmm. to stream it online and it was just, uh, that was dramatic. Um, but the 20, 2019 one was huge. It was a really good crowd and a bit of an atmosphere on it. And I think that people have been starved of football for so long that mm-hmm. um, I think that this this one's going to be special. Um, I really do. And, and, you know, if you're ever going to play in a cup final to do it when you're 18, you know, you could see your name in lights, Carrie. You could see your name. <laughs> you could score that winning goal. <laughs> I'd love to do that, obviously, but as long as we lift that trophy at the end, I really don't care who scores. <laughs> That's a very professional answer. <laughs> um, so I guess now the big question is, right, so are you, you're 19 in a few weeks, aren't you? 
yes, I'm 19 at the end of September here. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're 19. You're absolutely flying. You've just put uni on hold. You're making international squads. You've got one eye on the Euros. Your top goal scorer for the Glens. Surely full-time football is now on the horizon for you. Surely that's what you want. Is that what you're aiming for? Is that what you dream of doing as being a full-time professional footballer? Yeah, I mean, it's been my dream since I was a little girl, since I started kicking the ball to be a professional footballer. And I think that there's a lot more opportunities now for us to go across the water. I think the, you know, with the national team doing so well, I think it's put a lot of eyes on our domestic league. I think before a lot of girls would have went to, you know, America because that was the best place to go. But now, you know, girls are starting to just go across the water to England because, you know, the English teams, you know, are sending scouts, you know, to look at our league. And I think it's really, really good, um, you know, to have eyes on players in this league because, you know, Northern Ireland has a lot of great footballers to offer. Uh, and I think sometimes maybe it was overlooked because, you know, it's, oh, it's just we Northern Ireland like, but we actually have a lot of good top quality players who could easily go across the water and play professional football. No, definitely. I agree. I think that the standard of the game's improved a lot, but um, I think that the coverage you're getting now will only help um, players make that move. So, in, like I said, in a couple of weeks, you are playing in that uh, decider for the league. So, this is your opportunity to appeal. You can appeal to supporters because this is obviously goes out to Glen Torrance supporters who follow the men's team. Um, mm-hmm. This is your opportunity. I'm going to give you a chance to appeal for people to come out and support you that day because... It's a massive day for you. Yeah, definitely. Get yourself down to the game. It's going to be a really, really competitive, great game. And um, hopefully you're going to see us celebrating at the end of it. Um, but definitely get yourself down to the game. It's at Ashfield. I'm actually not sure what time kickoff is at the minute, but you can go onto the Facebook page. Uh, Glenn's, Glenn's will have it up on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, so just keep a wee eye on it and get yourself down. Brilliant, Kerry. Look, you've been a star. You've been as good on the podcast as you are on the pitch. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. Uh, the best of luck for both the cup final, um, the league climax and the two international fixtures tomorrow. Uh, starting, starting, starting tomorrow. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you.